Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. This essay is about my struggles with the game of cribbage. I'm almost always a slow starter at games, at understanding the rules and figuring out strategy and stuff like that. Now, if I expect to be bad at something, I can live with that. Games that involve throwing and catching and physical agility, for example. I know I'm going to be terrible with with them, and so it makes it kind of fun to just play. It's taken nearly my whole life, though, to gain the courage to throw myself into learning something that I might never master or even achieve basic competence at. Usually I keep some kind of mental distance by thinking, oh, this is silly, Um, or it's just trivial. And sure, it's not all that important, but some of the things that I've tried recently, like painting or making videos or the ukulele, have brought me some true enjoyment and enhanced my life. And this week's question is, could my cribbage saga have a happy ending? Enjoy the show. Tonight, I'll play cribbage with Dave, my husband. Over the 25 years that we've been together, he's taught me this game at least eight times. I've never been able to remember the rules or figure out the strategy. We've been mired in a cycle of teach, play, complain, abandon. Dave learned the game as a kid. It's one of his favorites. He's wicked good and wicked fast at it. Until lately, he'd satisfied his cribbage yen at the office. There's usually a co-worker or two up for a game. Now that he's been working from home, we have been trying to turn to more board and card games and other off-screen activities. Cribbage was bound to come up sooner or later. As a writer of sorts, it would seem that I'd be attuned to the rules of a game developed by a poet, specifically the Cavalier poet Sir John Suckling, who lived a short from 1609 to 1641 or maybe 1642, uh, but extremely colorful life. Suckling's prowess at bowls and cards was more renowned than his verse-making. Maybe I found a slightly unfair sample couplet of his, Love is the fart of every heart. However, much of his work is still anthologized. His straightforward diction and man-about-town urbanity appeal to my inner city girl, eventually falling into disfavor with King Charles I. Sir John fled London for Paris. Shortly afterward, somewhere on the continent, he perished. When, where, and how are all uncertain. Did he commit suicide? Was he poisoned by his valet? Executed by the Spanish Inquisition? I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition, but this is one of the theories about how Suckling's life ended. In earlier cycles, No matter how cheerfully I went into a game, my mood and energy would flag in direct proportion to how far behind my spillikins, those are the pegs in cribbage, lagged Dave's on the streets, which are the holes, around the paperclip-shaped track of the cribbage board. At some point, Dave would reference another random rule. My attention would drift 
a to-do list would sneak into my thoughts. I've never toppled a game board, stormed off mid-game, or declared facts fake news, but passive aggression still puts me in the sore loser club. My attitude is situation and game dependent, and I can notice it happening and readjust most of the time. Not when it comes to cribbage, for some reason. Sore loserdom being ego-protective, I have plenty of company in the clubhouse, both from home and abroad. Dave can cheerfully lose an occasional Scrabble, Monopoly, Hearts, or Cribbage match. With Candlepin Bowling or Chess, doing poorly can make him furious. Of the three of us, Sonny, our son, seems to spend the least amount of time in the clubhouse. Maybe that's because we put him in youth soccer for a couple of years? He didn't take to the sport, but he seems to have internalized the good game slash high fives at the end of play. On the other hand, I spent my childhood with my nose in a book, and the closest I came to a team sport was high school marching band. There are many games I enjoy because I know that I'll never be good at them in a million years. There are many games I enjoy because I'm relatively decent at them. Win or lose, it'll be a game without boneheaded mistakes on my part. I can live with that. As Suckling notes, a quiet mediocrity is still to be preferred before a troubled superfluity. Then there are the games I feel I should be good at. And if I fail at those games, it's because I'm stupid, which was always one of the cardinal sins in my house growing up. Cribbage had become one of those games. I was afraid that I wasn't capable of understanding the rules. So in this latest attempt, I determined to shoot for a quiet mediocrity with maximal effort. I took notes during each game. Dave kindly reviewed all of my hands and talked me through strategies. He slowed his game speed down while I laboriously counted my 15s. When random rules came up, I wrote them down rather than simply rolling my eyes. Things started to make sense. Getting out of the sore losers club took a bit of effort and awareness, and it will the next time I repeat this lesson, but it was worth it. I achieved quiet mediocrity and reassured myself that my brain still worked okay-ish. Best of all, it turned out that cribbage was pretty fun, actually. Therefore, I am thankful to Sir John Suckling and give him the final word. Joy never feasts so high as when the first course is of misery. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. I've seemed a little overly dismissive, perhaps, about Sir John Suckling and his achievements. Maybe I'm speaking. He crammed a lot of incident and accomplishment into his 33 years of life. It was fun to revisit his story. This morning, I looked up one of his portraits from the National Gallery in England. The artist is listed as after Sir Anthony Van Dyke, so it's some kind of copy or studio product and a kind of a general the Flemish portrait style. Sir John is wearing a red coat, and he has shoulder-length wavy hair of a blondish, reddish, brownish color. Might be a wig, I suppose, along with kind of wispy bangs and 
the hair uh, color and style is almost like looking at myself in a mirror. And if I were able to grow a mustache and a goatee, we'd resemble each other quite closely. Um, we have similarly shaped eyebrows and even a similar deer in the headlights expression at having our picture taken. He looks as if he could be one of my uncles or cousins. In fact, he looks a lot more like me than my actual uncles or cousins do. So in his honor, maybe I'll try to add a bit of daring do and game playing into my existence for, say, through the weekend. There's a link to my original WordPress blog in the description box if you'd like to read it. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well. <laughs>